Hi there, Pursuing Freedom friends. Welcome back and welcome if it's your first time. I'm so glad you're joining us today. I've got an awesome person here. His name is Amit Buddha, and he is out of the Miami market. He's with Compass in Miami. And Amit's mission in life is to help people. And his success in real estate, which has been massive, is simply a byproduct of this intention to serve. And just getting to know him, his sincerity, his authenticity is magnetic. And I'm really excited to share his story or have him share his story. So with no further ado, let's jump right in. So Amit, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your backstory, how, when, and why you ended up in this crazy business and what your journeys looked like. And we'll kind of go from there. So hi, everyone. It's so nice to be on here. And as far as my journey, I think many of you could probably resonate with this. So I've been doing real estate about 15 years. And for about 11 years, I didn't really like my job. I was doing things that coaches and other people were telling me to do. Call expireds, call your friends and ask them if they have people to send you, you know, just making it all about you rather than about them. And about four years ago, I learned that if we do things differently and we try and make the consumer the focus of our business, things will change and it'll be a lot more fun. So prior to getting into real estate, I was in the car business for about 11 years. I was that annoying manager that um, when people were with their salesperson that the salesperson bought in to get you to pay more money for your car. So I did that for a while. I transitioned into real estate and been doing it ever since. Awesome. So going back to those first 11 years when you're talking about, I, I always refer to that as like muscling through or grinding it out, you know, kind of doing whatever it takes. And I think we all have to do that to get started, right? Um, what did it look like for you when, I guess, tell us a little bit more about the difference between that stage of your career and today specifically, like how, how do you turn your desire to make it about them into an actual strategy and an action plan that results in the growth of your business organically as a byproduct of just giving value? What does that look like specifically? Yeah. So with me, um, because I didn't really know much about real estate, what I would do is just listen to a lot of opinions and those opinions didn't happen. They were all good opinions, but they were good opinions for that person. And also being an agent, I was, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of embarrassing to say I was a know-it-all. I thought I knew everything. And listening to those opinions and then saying, okay, that opinion sucks. That one is good. That one is bad. I'm going to do this. And I'm smarter than that person. So I'm going to do it this way. And what that caused me in the beginning, luckily those markets were pretty strong and I did well in the beginning, but then it caused massive failure when the market changed because I, I didn't want to learn things. So it's like you said, it's muscling through it and, and having the failures to get better. And you have a couple of agents on your team now, correct? Yeah, so I have two agents. One's name is Jade Kalbacker. She's hashtag the runner. She runs about 12 miles a day. Oh, She's wow. 23 years old. She's been in the business for, I guess, seriously in the business since about a year. And then I have someone named Will Langell, and he's hashtag the jet setter. He travels a lot. He's 24 years old. And um, he's been in the business about a couple of years. So we have a pretty cool dynamic. Jade is from Southampton. She's white American. Will is, um, he's German, Hispanic, and grew up in Miami. And I'm Indian, so, and I'm 50. So we have all different personalities. So it's pretty cool. 
Nice. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about this. So you've got two agents on your team that are newbies and you've got 15 years of experience where you started out by telling us that just in the last four or five years, you've had this paradigm shift as to what's important for you and your business. How does that translate to advice to these young new agents in terms of helping them get to where you're, where you are without it taking 11 years to learn the lessons? I mean, is there anything that you can pass on that can help somebody who's only a year into the business avoid some of the pitfalls that you experienced? Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because we're lucky nowadays because we have social media and everything is free. We don't need to pay for anything. And so I would say if it's a, a new agent or a newer agent to just pretend they're a consumer. And so I tell, I tell Jade and Will this because we all live in, in great, live in great places. Otherwise we wouldn't live there. You know, if, if we choose to make a place our home, it's usually because we like it. So I tell them this, pretend you have a friend that's never been to your area and they tell you, hey, Will, I'm going to be coming to Miami in a week and I'm going to spend two weeks. I need for you to take that time off and show me the town. Show me it like no one else has seen it. So I tell Will and Jay to create content like that. Pretend you're a consumer and you're going to be moving into that area or even if you're a local. And so do videos. Pretend you're that consumer. Um, I keep saying that, but it's reality. You have to pretend like you're going on Google and you're looking up, thinking about moving to that area. It's funny because a few years ago, I looked on Google and I looked at Miami neighborhood videos and I looked at multiple different cities and there was nothing good. So we spent the next year and a half creating great videos of neighborhood and Miami. So as a new agent, if they're in the video a bit where they don't make it about them, they look at the consumer and they, before they do the content, they Google it and see what they're competing against. And then they create that content and they create that connection to people. So with Will and Jade, I create their branding. Like I, I, I was telling you their hashtags, right? So if someone goes on Instagram and they go hashtag the runner or the jet setter, they're going to find them. I'm hashtag the Indian realtor. So we create these identities and people can relate to us and they can connect to us. Not everyone is, but that's okay. And by doing that, you were not telling the, the world how we killed it and we closed the deal today and we made a six-figure commission. No one cares. They care more about, like, for example, I had this couple that was looking at homes. It was their first home. They were doing well. So their first home was about six, 700,000. We looked at multiple properties and we put in offers. They didn't get accepted. And we put in an offer and finally it got accepted. And I knew I was going to call them and tell them that great news, your offer got accepted. And they were gonna be, there were two things that were gonna happen. They were gonna get really excited and then they were gonna be like, oh damn, now what? So we create content on my offer just got accepted, now what? So if we create those type of things, whether you're new or you're old agent, it's gonna definitely benefit your business because you're thinking about the other person and they may Google it and they may find you and they'll create that relationship. So let me ask you about this, because this is a really important topic that we just kind of jumped right into, which is video, right? And social media and building your brand and all these things. What are your thoughts on the, the good versus bad when it comes to a younger agent who comes in and they're willing to use video to build their brand? And how does that differ from using human connection to build your brand, right? Like, do you ever have 
pushback on just the traditional sales strategies of picking up the phone and making phone calls versus building your brand online and sort of creating an image that people can connect with. I mean, do you advise your agents to do both? Do they also need to do the grassroots marketing? Or do you think in today's day and age, you can fully build a business with traction using video and social media? Yeah, that's a great question because sometimes people get caught up in thinking if they create this image on video, that that's all they need to do. And you have to do both. You have to, you, it's like sort of like, I guess, uh, SEO, search engine optimization. If you Google a term on Google and it's the first page, it's the first thing that you click and you get there, that person, okay, they got you in front of their, their um, website. But if it sucks, you're going to leave and you're never going to go back. So as an agent, we are, um, we're, we're putting ourselves out there to get the connections, but we also have to do stuff with the connections. We are, you know, I, I spent last week with Jade on my team and uh, about 400 other agents in Nashville learning how to do better at our business. So we didn't record any of that. There was no video on that because that's the, that's the I guess we were in the weeds. We're trying to figure out how to do things and get better um, at it, you know, we're, we're trying to do all, you have to do yesterday's technology and today's technology and work really hard. Video just gets people in front of you, but you have to do something with it. Sure. What, when you talked about in the beginning that in the first 11 years of your business and then in the last four years of business, what happened four years ago that was a turning point for you? What was it? Did you read a book or did you, something just click? I mean, how did you go from I'm going to get out there and hustle and go get my business to I'm going to be a go-giver and I'm going to attract my business. Okay. So it's funny because like maybe like six or seven years ago, there's a show on YouTube. It's called the water cooler. And there's a guy named Chris Smith and Jimmy Mackin. And I don't know how many years they've been doing it, but I would be watching this water cooler show. And it was always like thinking about the consumer coming from contribution and all that. And in a pretty cool way, fun, cool way where it really made sense to me. And so I followed them for a while. And then after a while, they created a company called Curator. And I knew Curator was going to be expensive and different other things. And one day I just called and I signed up for Curator. And, and I think in real estate, we always have to find our crowd of people that resonate with us. We have to have our cheerleaders that help us when things are good and help us when things are bad. And for me, that group of people, besides the Compass agents, were my, were my team, you know? And it's funny because I'm very happily married, but a lot of times I, I'm looking more forward to telling the people in Curator or Compass about something that good happened to me and then telling my wife second. So we have to have these cheerleaders. And by doing that, because I had that four years ago, that's what changed my life. And what is Curator? So Curator is basically a company that helps businesses grow. So the best way I can explain it is, say you have a business, whether it's a pizza place or whatever. Say you sell pizza and you're selling, maybe you're making 200,000 a year profit. And then you meet someone at a party and they're like, yeah, we've been doing about 200,000 a year for the last 10 years. We'd really like to get to 350 a year in like three years or four years. They would call Curator. Curator creates that brand. They're basically sort of like Gary V for a business. 
Interesting. Okay, cool. So is that when you launched into video for the first time or were you already dipping your toe in the water there? No. So like I did video for about 10 years now, but I was never in the video. So I was like most agents, I was scared. Uh, you know, I'm 50 and I wanted to look 25 and, <laughs> you know, I would look at myself and I would be like, man, this, this, this uh, camera really sucks. Cause I really look better in real life. And one of my friends was doing a conference the other day and she's like, guys, whatever you look like in video is what you look like. So get over it. Yeah. And so in the beginning, I was hesitant about it. So that's why we created um, a show must see Miami um, last year. And when we created that, we were on, I on the team later on was only in the video about 5% of the time. And I'd like to say I wanted to really come from contribution then. And I do. But at that time, I was scared to be in the video, just to be honest with you. Yeah. And so this year, after we grew a following, we're like, we want to make it fun. And we want to make it about us a bit. And so we, we created this all in Miami show. And we, we're okay with it. And like, I was saying before, no matter what you do in the beginning, you're going to suck in the beginning and you're going to get good at it later really quickly. And it doesn't matter. You just have to do it. So let's talk about this because I think a lot of people get stuck on content in general. So they're advised to do social media, do video, all this other stuff. But then when it comes down to it, they're like, well, what am I going to talk about? Because nobody cares about the just solds and just listeds, right? Or whatever. Right. So talk okay. to us a little bit about what content, content creation looks like for you guys with All in Miami and what, how is it different from your first show, which was Must See Miami? Yeah, so um, one of the things that we do is, first of all, as, as someone creating content, the first thing, there are two things that you should never do. One is ask another agent what you should produce because <laughs> they're going to tell you all the stuff that makes you like the, the benefactor, I guess, of, the, of all that material that you do. But so that's one thing. The second thing is whatever content you think you're going to be creating, pretend you're a consumer and think, would I take two minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes to actually watch this? So like, it's funny because our first show, like all in Miami, we were like, you know, we, we have a videographer, a crew, and you don't need a videographer, a crew, but we were like, we need to get people to know us and how should we do that? We don't want to be the same thing. Like I sold this many millions this year or whatever. No one cares. Right. So we're like, let's make it fun. So our first show on YouTube, there's a show called hot ones. Hot ones is viewed by like millions of people. So it's a, just a show where you have two people. One is like usually a celebrity and the other one is a host. So they eat chicken wings and they get spicier as they go along and they ask questions. And it's so funny because when you eat spicier wings, it's like you're drunk, you get more honest. So our first show, our first show was the three of us eating spicy wings and answering questions. Oh my gosh, about real estate? Um, no, about everything, about life. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Now do you have somebody interviewing you or are you guys coming up with the questions to start with? So, so our, our video crew was smart enough to make it really, um, authentic they they wrote the questions they they put them on um index cards so we would eat a wing and then get the get the index card read it and answer it so it was super authentic and we had no idea what the questions would be some were real estate but very few were real estate but it was mostly about us people connecting with us awesome so let's talk about this connection a little bit and dig in here so video 
we all know it's important. We know it's part of the future. If you're denying it, if you're in denial, it's time to accept it and just rip the bandaid off, right? Um, but as we mentioned before, you need to couple that with real human connection. So you're now 15 years into your business. Are you still handling buyers and sellers yourself or are your team members handling all the transactional aspects of the business? Yeah, so all of us do everything, you know, and I, I, I always look at this. Whenever you start a team, there's always a chance that someone can leave your team. And I think most agents look at it incorrectly. They, they try and prevent the person from leaving the team or trying to create like rules and regulations where if they leave, it's like totally advantageous to the team leader rather than the person. I look at a team leader and I, I, I even hate to say that I'm a team leader. It's we're a team, right? And I always look at it as while they're on the team, I want to do everything I can to, to brand them, to make them as good as, as possible. Because the three, one plus one plus one is way more than three. It's like exponentially higher with us. And I want to make it about, they want to stay on the team because it's fun and we're providing value and we're doing well, you know? Yeah. So when you made that transition from solo agent to being part of a team, what kind of learn, what kind of training and learning did you have to go through to, to make that transition from I'm an amazing technician, I'm an amazing real estate agent to I'm a great leader, I'm a great mentor, I can inspire people. I mean, what did you have to do to, to grow into that role or did that come naturally to you? Um, you know what it is? It's hit or miss every day. You know, I, I try and do things. I pretend just like if I'm a consumer, I pretend if I'm the other agent on the team would this be, would I be happy with this or would I be unhappy with this? And I've made massive failures in my real estate career and I'm sure as a team leader, but that's where we learn. And I want, I want to make it as, as um, flexible for them where they can tell me something, where they're not scared to tell me something because they'll do stuff or I'll do stuff that really sucks sometimes. But if we talk about it and we discuss it, we can grow from there and we can be better for ourselves and for the customers. So it's, it's an everyday process. It's learning. And for those people that want to start a team or join a team, don't overthink it, just do it, you know? And that's the biggest thing in life. If we, if we like listen to Nike and just do it, we'll be a lot better. We're going to screw up, but you always have, I think in life, the biggest thing that we can do is have ex the right expectations about things and having perspective. If we know that there are going to be days that suck, there are going to be days where we fail. Like when Will and Jade joined my team, I both tell them, Will, Jade, Will joined first and Jade was next. But I apologized to them in the beginning. Like we, they just start the team. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. And they're like, what do you mean? What are you sorry for? And I tell them, you know, there's going to be a day where I piss you off or you're upset and you're going to hate me. And I'm sorry for that. But I just want you to know that I have your best interest in mind every time. And if we can be adults about it after something happens and we just move on, we'll be so much better for it. So the, awesome. I guess that's the way. So if somebody's listening and they're at that stage in their career where they are wanting to build a team and they're feeling stuck on exactly how to go about doing that, I think I've got two questions for you. One is how, how did you organize it? It's like structurally when you say that we all do everything, you know, what kind of systems do you have in place to make sure that you as a team run as well as you as an individual once did? So, so a, a few things. One is content, branding everyone. So people know us. Like 
I went to Nashville last week for this conference and someone that's never met someone on my team asked me, how is the runner? They know her by her hashtag. Someone would ask me, how is the jet setter? So when I hear that, I know I'm, I'm doing a good job for them. And I also see that people on my team are getting multiple referrals from Compass agents because the brand has grown. So that's one of the things, creating the team. The second thing that we do is we have team meetings and we role play. We, we discuss different situations and we try and get better. I teach, so like, for example, um, because most of my business, probably 80% is luxury and 20% is everything else. I also want Will and Jade to be on luxury deals. So like I have deals. So Will right now, we have a listing for uh, like just under 1.2 million and I put him on the deal. I have another deal that Jade is going to be on. It's going to be like 1.5. They didn't do anything. They didn't get the business. I got the business. I'm, they're going to get a good paycheck from it but if i don't put them in those situations to learn it's not gonna it's not gonna work well and for example like tomorrow i'm going on a two-week vacation for um to europe with my wife and even though i'm going to be connected every day with my team i feel comfortable that i can leave there you know leave the country and they'll handle things just like if i was in town so how long have you had a team so roughly two years, Will was in the beginning, and then Jade has come on since November of last year. And were you someone who felt like it was difficult to carve out that time to travel prior to having? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could never leave. I never, if I, if I left, I knew I was gonna get a massive pay cut and I couldn't tell my customers I was leaving because they'll be like, what the hell? This guy's, he's, he's, he's like somewhere else and my house isn't selling or, you know, he's not showing me these homes. So having like someone on my team, like today, this morning, I spoke to a buyer, they're looking for a $3 million home. So it's a nice home, but they don't want to be not looking at homes for a two week. So I, I've spoken to Jade about them and I spoke to them about Jade and they're going to be looking at homes this week and they feel confident. And as a, as a solo agent for the the biggest thing about a team is your life changes. You know, it's nice to, to have this camaraderie and to have, you know, mentoring and all that and, and throwing ideas against each other. But more than anything, it makes everyone else's life better. Totally. Well, you mentioned that Will has a hashtag of the jet setter. And I'm curious about how someone who's listening and, and trying to get going in real estate is thinking to themselves, well, that sounds really nice, but how do you build your business if you're the jet setter? So is that all because of the fact that he's part of a team or is that because he's made a lifestyle decision and he's going to build his business to work around that lifestyle choice? Um, so I think, I think in business, um, you don't always have to be in town to do well. And so like, for example, in this case, Will was, I think he was in Germany the other day. And we, I got a notification to see one of his properties, like someone wanted to see one of his listings. And I was about to respond, um, excuse me, I was about to respond to it. And right before I responded, or maybe even after I responded, I got a call from Will in Germany. I don't even know what time it was there. It was probably very late. And he told me, don't worry, I have it handled. The property is going to be shown tomorrow. So yeah, you can travel and you can do all these things. And even though he's new, He's, he's basically doing two things at once. He's handling his business while he's gone and we're creating content while he's gone to create his branding. So he's getting more business from people that can relate to jet setting. I love that. 
So what else do you have in place in the way of support? So it sounds like you're each doing your own individual business and you're supporting each other when needed or when it's an opportunity for them to learn. And then do you guys also have transaction coordinator, admin assistants, marketing? What else do you have in place? So yeah, so we have some, we have the video videographers following us. So there's two of them. Then we have um, help with like, I, we have a ghostwriter as well. So like sometimes remarks for properties, we want to create emotion with property. So besides ghostwriters at Compass, it's incredible because, and I'm not trying to pitch anyone into joining Compass, but the bottom line is with Compass, we have, um, we have marketers that work for us for free. At any time, I can make a 90 minute or however long meeting with the marketing person and even say it's a rental for 1500 a month. It's nothing. But I know that that customer is really important to me. I can make a long meeting with the marketing person. We can get the graphic designer to create some incredible content. We can create emotion. And by doing that, we're able to, to make that person's property because no matter what price the property is, that person thinks it's a multi-million dollar property to them, right? So they want that, they want that to be handled properly. And if I can, if we can do multi-million dollar marketing on less expensive properties, it's way better. So we have support at Compass. Plus we also have, sometimes we have writers that will help us do things. And um, with our transaction stuff, Compass helps us with that. So, and we all do it too. We're all, we all look at each deal as like all of us can help. So that helps a lot. Awesome. So I've got another question for you and this is in relation to something we were talking about before we started recording. And I was asking Ahmed about, excuse me, about his production and numbers and goals and things like that. And your response was that you felt like the motivation for you is simply in helping people and that the money and the success is a byproduct of that, which I think is really, really powerful because I think it's good for folks to have goals and, and know what kind of financial results you want and, and the lifestyle you want to have. But that's sort of like you set your goal and you put it over here and your focus is on serving and giving value. So talk to us a little bit about what that means for you in, in terms of how do you how do you go about giving value so that you can attract the success that you're seeking as opposed to making success the motive? Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. And sorry, it's getting dark here. It's not a sunny day in Miami today. <laughs> sorry. Um, but so like, I'll give you an example. So I sold a, a $6 million property a couple of years ago. Okay. And I put it on Instagram and I got like a lot of likes and shares and all that. And then recently, um, I posted because I want to post my failures too. You know, I don't want to just tell the, the world how great I am. So I posted about this family that bottom line, it didn't work out. And I, I showed, you know, just some emotions and stuff like that. That post on Instagram was my Instagram. I had like almost 4,000 likes on that. And so it shows that it doesn't matter about like telling the world how great you are. And I, I think people will connect with you much better that way if it truly is what you feel. If you don't feel that way, don't be fake and tell the world like you're not, you know, that selling this $300,000 house is more important than selling a $6 million house. If you really feel that good about the $6 million house, maybe create a story about your journey through selling that property or what it meant to that buyer or seller. Do it that way. But if you can connect to these other things that are 
more meaningful to you, do it that way. So it's whatever is most important to you. And I, I think by doing that, you're going to create your best content as long as you don't ask another realtor if it's good and you pretend you're a consumer that's going to see it. No, I think that's huge. And it's funny because you were talking about how you've got videographers kind of following you around. And I think a lot of people get stuck with, with content and their message and what should I say? And how are, what are people going to think of me and all this other stuff? And at the end of the day, who you are as a human being is enough and you're a real genuine authentic person and what you care about is going to attract people that are like you and that appreciate you and love you and help you on your journey so i think that people need to get away from what should i do and what are people going to think and instead go with what's real what's coming yeah from yeah it, it's it's so true because even though i barely know you you have dug so deep into this that i can tell that's what you are you know, I can tell that you're authentic, that that you care about people that, yeah, you want to do well in business, but it's more about what you're doing rather than that. And once you start doing it, it really feels good. Yeah, you I know? know. Right. It's like, that's it. It's, if you can find what you care about, what you enjoy, what's fun for you and let that be enough and have, find your way to connect with other people that love those things and care about those things as much as you do you're going to find human connection. And then there's a ripple effect that comes from that, that ends up being the attraction marketing, if you will, that you become a lighthouse that attracts your success, your happiness, your joy, all those things. Right. Right. I wanted to add one thing to that. So that this is like long-term branding when you come from contribution. So what happens with a lot of agents is they do it for a week or two, and then they don't see their phone ring and they don't get a deal and they get, um, they get negative towards it and they're like, oh, that doesn't work. He's lucky or she's lucky or whatever. If that's the way you feel, I mean, if you want to help people, just do that. If you want to come from contribution, just do it with no expectations. It will come, but it takes much longer than maybe lead generating. But as we get into the age of iBuyers and disruptors in real estate, if you don't have a personal brand, you're going to be just a person chasing a lead. You're not going to be attracting someone to call you. I get people that call me sometimes and ask me if I, if they would, if I could work with them rather than I, I ask them, would they like to work with me? It's a big difference. Totally. I love it. So um, tell us a couple places that we can find you. I'm really excited to watch your show and learn <laughs> from it and, and enjoy it. So tell us where people can find you, follow you and connect with you. Thanks. The easiest way would be to go to Instagram and go to hashtag the Indian Realtor. So make sure you put the, so hashtag the Indian Realtor and you'll see all my content. Awesome. And I wanted to offer one last thing. For those people that need help in content or thinking about joining a team, feel free to reach out to me. I don't mind helping you. I don't, I'm not asking for anything, but I can, I can share with you some of my failures, some of my successes, and maybe push you in the right direction to do something maybe that's outside of your box. Awesome. I love it. And how would they reach you just through Instagram? They can just go on hashtag the Indian realtor on Instagram and just DM me. Okay. Awesome. That's it. Well, Amit, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you carving out the time. I love everything about you and who you are and what you're bringing to this world. So thank you. And um, I wish you continued happiness and success on your journey. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. All right. And Pursuing Freedom friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you and love you as always. 
please be sure to subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and leave a review if you have time. It helps us continue to attract great guests like Amit and help this content get found. So here's to you and your happiness. I love and appreciate you. We talk to you soon.